This podcast is brought to you by Blackbee Ministries International. To find out more, visit blackbee.org. Well, thanks for listening to the Richard Blackaby Leadership Podcast. I'm Sam Camp, and I'm uh, so happy to have you with us, uh, listening along, and it always brings us great joy. We hope uh, that today your leadership is at a new level uh, from what it was yesterday, and hope tomorrow it's even at a greater level. And to help us uh, achieve that, I'm joined, as always, by Richard Blackaby. It's good to be with you again, Sam. Always a pleasure. So uh, how are those Sabres doing? First place in the NHL. Still. By the time this broadcast, that might probably will have changed, but uh, <laughs> as we speak. <laughs> All right. Well, we'll, we'll uh, happy keep, days. Che- keep checking in with you. And <laughs> I'll sure. tell you when to stop asking. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. If you if there's a long silence about the Sabres, then we know you, that it's yes, things shaping have gone up as to be they the, have in the past. Yeah. The season that it always is. <laughs> uh, so what are we what are we looking at today to help uh, take our leadership to the next level? Sam, I want us to talk talk today about the danger of micromanaging. Hmm. Uh, and micromanaging is a topic that I think inevitably you have to address in leadership talks. And uh, I think this is the time. Yeah. So when you say micromanaging, what, what do you mean by that? Well, I think the way I would define it is when you, when you oversee every detail of what an employee or a volunteer does. So whether you, you oversee, you scrutinize, you may take the decision making away from the person that works under you. But when you are hmm. overly involved in someone else's work that you supervise. And, you know, I wonder, this is, this is probably a spectrum of, oh, of yeah. micro yeah. managers, um, so so how do we how do we deal with that? Well, there's a lot uh, to be said about that, Sam. I and mean, I think, of course, there are uh, a, a, a range. But I think at a certain point, you cross the line into micromanage. You're you're managing. You may be a very engaged manager, a very involved manager. But at a certain point, if you take too much away from the employee or the mm-hmm. volunteer. You've just moved from hands-on managing to micromanaging. Right. You know, and, and obviously some people have a propensity for this and, and yeah. some people don't. I mean, is there are there character traits and types of leaders to, to look out for? Well, I don't know if it's character traits, uh, but there are there are reasons why people yeah. uh, so, so why would some why would some people tend to be micromanagers? Well, I think uh, I think ultimately it, it it comes from a lack of trust that the person you're mm. managing is going to do the job right. Uh, mm. Now you may be a perfectionist, and so nobody ends up being able to do the job right. Right. Uh, or you just don't have confidence in a, per, a particular person or a process, but you because you don't trust that they can get it done, you hover and you engage yourself far more than you should. And you know one of the problems with micromanaging is. If I if I deal with a micromanager, I typically they've got the wrong focus. Uh, they have the wrong goal, hmm. because a manager, a leader, their goal should not be that they do everything perfectly themselves. Their yeah. goal should be that they find other people who can do the the work adequately or even uh, better, so that now the the, the manager, the leader, is now free to engage in other things. Uh, When you're micromanaging your staff, you don't have time to be looking for new work or bettering yourself or looking for new possibilities and potential for the future. When you're micromanaging, you're way, way too obsessed and concerned with the day-to-day of someone else's work 
so you don't have time to do your own work. And so oftentimes I find that what drives a person to be micromanager is they forget why they're managing in the first place. Mm. Uh, they're not managing to get this job done just the way they want it done necessarily. They're managing so that they can equip other people to carry on the work themselves so that as a manager, you you can back away. Now you can look uh, to invest in other things. But when a person micromanages, there's several reasons they do that. One is uh, because they've just hired poorly. Uh, if you feel like you can't trust the person you hired, you first got to ask, why did you hire them? Um, and I've seen this happen. I've seen even large organizations that hired a CEO sometimes, and then they almost immediately had to hire an executive coach to try to work with the CEO because they were just concerned they couldn't do the job. <laughs> and, yeah. I, and I would say, well, if you've got to do intervention almost as soon as you hire someone, you probably just didn't hire well. And so if you have to micromanage everybody that's working with you, either you really are just uh, a micromanager or you're really bad at hiring. Hmm. Uh, I would say hire someone that you can trust. Hire someone that has credibility so that you don't have to worry all the time that they're going to make a mistake. Uh, so... People that micromanage, first of all, they just—it may be that they're just not getting good staff. And yeah. of course, you know, sometimes—and I, I know this happens sometimes. For instance, in the fast food industry, where you, if you're only able to pay minimum wage, you're you're not always going to get high-level executive leadership, uh, you know, applying for the job. So sure, sure. You're probably going to get some people that require more supervision. But uh, right. but I would argue that even at the lowest levels you should be developing leaders giving them opportunities to excel and to grow. So hire well is the first one, but, but also just a, basically a lack of trust. And it may be you don't trust them because they're just not good employees, but, but there are people that just typically just don't trust people. Uh, and they just, they, they worry, well, what if this person messes up? What, what will, how will that look on me? What will that do to the company? how much money might that cost? Yeah. And so we, we, we lead in fear and we're so afraid of what could happen that, that our micromanaging uh, managing actually becomes worse than our worst yeah. fear. You know, we, <laughs> we actually end up having more damage done by micromanaging than we would have had by someone just honestly making a mistake. Yeah. And so I'd say, you got to decide, am I a person that can even trust people? Because if, if I'm just entirely untrusting of other people, I probably should not be a leader. Yeah. Because at some point, there has to be a level of trust where you hand off work and responsibility to someone else. And that, that requires trust. And, uh, you know, kind of along with that, I just know people that they worry too much. They're just worriers. And sometimes if it's your own business, for instance, maybe you've invested all of your life savings into your company and you just can't afford for someone to have a catastrophic error. Yeah. Well, you're, you know, you're going to, you may worry about that, but, uh, at the same time, I would just say there's, there are the others who just worry about all the possibilities of what could happen. And you, and it's hard to focus on possibilities at the same time you're worrying about potential problems. And yeah. so you got to decide if I'm a worrier or if I just don't trust people like I, uh, I, like I should, uh, should I even be in management in the, in the first place? Uh, because there, there is a certain risk that comes with leading. You're, you're, you're going to have to trust someone that you don't know as well as you know yourself. You don't know what lies behind some of their um, expressions of loyalty and confidence. But at some point, you take a risk that I'm going to give this person some responsibility. And I'm going to take my hands off, and I'm just going to watch and see how they do. And uh, so that's another cause. And, and I, the one I've already touched on is just perfectionism. 
Yeah. Some people are just perfectionists, and no one can ever do the job as well as they can. And and I would again say, if you're a perfectionist, you probably should not be in management. Go find a job that you can do by yourself that, that doesn't require other people's involvement, and then do it well. But uh, if you're going to manage other people, you can str- you can push people to for, for to strive for excellence. You can push them to do better than they did last year. But just understand that leadership can get messy. Yeah, and people will mess up. And if um, and so if you, if if you are a perfectionist, then perhaps teach people how to do things well. But if you keep hovering over them and constantly reviewing and checking up on them and expressing basically a lack of confidence in their ability to do the job well, you're going to probably get what you look for. And if you're looking for, you just, you just assume there's going to be problems. Well, there probably will be problems because nobody does good work if they've got the boss looking over their shoulder all the time. Yeah. Well, I want to go back to this idea of, um, this, leader perhaps it is has dumped a lot of his own savings or her own savings into a company maybe they're growing their own business they're an entrepreneur now they're hiring on staff um now there's just this fear of like you know no one cares for this thing like it's their own baby like i do yeah um and so now handing that off uh what what are some ways to to mitigate some of that uh some of those issues that come with 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 handing off uh, some of those responsibilities to people without being a micromanager, because I think a lot of times micromanaging comes out of a place of of genuine care for whatever it is that the person's doing, and especially making that transition from maybe you're a solo entrepreneur to to now hiring a team. Uh, the micromanaging comes from a place that they, I mean, they care deeply about this product or this yeah. company. How do you transition that? Well, you know, I think one thing is just uh, don't give a huge assignment to someone right off the bat where they're pretty well destined to fail. Uh, give, give people smaller bite-sized assignments and let them build a track record of success. And, and and everybody has a limit. Everyone has a limit where you get past this certain capacity and now they, they're in danger of making a mistake. Um, and so a good leader kind of recognizes where people's limits are. And some people you'll, you'll figure out pretty quick, boy, they're a quick study. I mean, whatever I give them, they master it. They, they know how to do yeah. it better than I do before, you know, a week later, boy, they're showing me stuff that they've already figured out that I didn't even know. Uh, so, boy, I can give them a lot of stuff, yeah. you know. And I don't but, think there's anything better as a leader than, than finding that person yeah. and realizing, <laughs> yeah. wow, they're better at this job. Uh, than I ever could have been. Yeah, and so, you know, you get someone like that, well, then very quickly you you realize they've got a high capacity, so I can give them a whole lot more. Well, someone else learns slower, they're, they're more timid, whatever else, so you you just realize, okay, well, I, 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 I can't give them huge assignments yet, but but they do handle this kind of work adequately, so let me just give them this kind of work, and they've proven at this level that they do fine. So I don't need to micromanage that. Mm. Uh, of course, a leader always puts in certain safeguards so that, you, for instance, you know, a person can't ever uh, spend more than this much money or they can't make bigger than this commitment or whatever else. Uh, sure. And so you, you, you sort of minimize the risk and you say, okay, well, if they do make a mistake, it's not going to be catastrophic. It's I've yeah. got, Or if it looks like they're going down the wrong, wrong path, they can't get all that far before I've got certain warning systems that will alert me. I better intervene here and check out what's going on. But when you're hovering over someone all the time, uh, or you just take away all their responsibility, 
So that for, maybe you give them a task to do, but then you make all the decisions for their task. Yeah. Uh, you know, then if, if they don't get to make any meaningful decisions about the work that you've asked them to do, uh, then that's a devastating thing. So you figure out what you can trust this person with and then give them that work and let them do it. Uh, and you may want to check in once a month. You may check in every, at the end of every week to begin with. Uh, it may be six months or once a year, but you keep trying to, to release as much as you can. Anything that they can do, they should be doing. You, you don't hold on to anything yourself that your staff has already proven that they're fine to do themselves. Uh, and so that's, uh, you know, yeah. I, I think those are some things you can do to mitigate the risk. There's yeah. always some risk when you delegate. But uh, those people that are so afraid of risk that they just constantly, they just, they, they just sort of take away all the, the leadership uh, ability and clout and, and uh, responsibility so that the person's nothing much more than just a puppet who just carries out your wishes. Right. That means you've got to be involved all the time in knowing what they're, gonna, they're supposed to do next. And uh, I would just say leaders have far more important work to do than basically doing the work of their employees. Right, right. Well, th- I think this is just a very helpful topic, and uh, we're going to dive in a little deeper right after this break. Whether at home, on the job, or in the ministry, we can all have a greater impact on the world around us for the kingdom of God. Join Richard Blackaby at the Billy Graham Training Center at The Cove to learn about increasing your spiritual influence on April 6th through the 8th, 2020. Space is limited, so register soon at the link in the show notes. So Richard, we before the break, we saw a little bit of, of why people micromanage, why leaders can fall into this trap of micromanaging. Um, can you walk us through some of the, the consequences? What happens uh, to a company, to, to employees, perhaps to the leader themselves, if micromanaging is allowed to take its course? Yeah, well, there's lots of uh, disastrous consequences for that. One is you're, nev- you're going to never get your own work done yeah. or you're going to be overworked because you're doing the work of two or more people. You should only be doing your work. You shouldn't be doing your employees' work. Yeah. And so when you're also taking on other people's work and you're going and, and leading meetings they should lead, or you're making decisions they should be making, uh, then you, you're going to be overworked yourself. And so that's any micromanager is inevitably going to become stressed out. Uh, they're going to be poor at answering their own emails or doing their own work because they're so busy doing someone else's work. So one is you're just not going to do your own work very well. Uh, another thing is and you're just going to demoralize your staff. Like I, I don't, uh, if I had someone that was constantly second guessing all my decisions and uh, constantly holding me, uh, accountable for things that I didn't perhaps even get the opportunity to decide myself, uh, yeah. or if uh, all the meaningful decisions of my work are made by my boss and not by me, well, I'll tell you what, uh, I, it won't take me long until I'm looking for somewhere else to work. I, I, yeah. I'm not going to work somewhere where I am just basically eviscerated as a leader myself mm. because my boss is a micromanager. Uh, and so what? So what's going to happen is you'll demoralize people. They they know that you're checking all the time. So at a certain point, if you work for a micromanager, you're not going to be creative. You're not going to try new things. You're not going to yeah. be dreaming of ways to do things better. Right. You're just going to just resign yourself. I just do what the boss says. I just wait for the boss to tell me what to do, and then that's what I do. Don't do any more, don't do any less, and then I won't get into any trouble. And so micromanagers tend to end up with very 
conformist, uncreative uh, staff who show no initiative. Well, you know, the book 1984 comes to mind uh, when you're explaining that is that that as a government that, you know, you end up with just a bunch of... Uh, yeah, well, that's very conformists. much, you know, that's communism, basically, where yeah. you've got everybody being checked up and you just, just get told what to do. Don't ask any questions. Just do what you're told. Yeah. And so at a certain point, that's what they do. And uh, and you're you're never going to be, you, you'll never thrive as an organization right. if you've just developed a bunch of yes men that uh, just are so worried about you being in charge of everything that they just don't even try. They don't, they don't want to get in trouble. Instead of trying to make the place better, they're driven by a concern just don't get in trouble because mm. the boss is always checking up on you and uh and i and i would also I, I so i mean that it also just says if you get a reputation for that that you're not going to be attracting other leaders leaders don't want to work for micromanagers i yeah. can tell you that now there's there's maybe a certain amount of sheep out there that don't mind just being told go here go there and if you want an organization filled with just sheep that the don't ever averse. ask questions, they don't want to be in charge. They don't want to make decisions. You just tell me what to do and I'll do it. Uh, well, then that's who you will attract. Uh, but you will not attract leaders that could actually help take your organization to an entirely another level. Uh, and so micromanagers just inevitably end up with a very anemic kind of organization. And, uh, and typically they have a high turnover. They yeah. can't hold on to people because, uh, and you know, I, I found personally that sometimes I might not even be able to offer the most money, but if I can give people the opportunity to grow and try new things, uh, and freedom to fail, um, then that, that there's a lot of value in that. There's people that would actually take less money, uh, just to be able to have the freedom to grow personally and try things and do new things and dream. And, you know, I've, I love it, uh, personally when, staff come to me and they say, Hey, you know, I was thinking about this and you know, what what would you think if we, if we tried this? And I read somewhere that you can get uh, you know, great return on this. And you know, my response 99% of the time is that would be wonderful. Yeah. Yeah. Go for it. You know, I, I love having staff that are always dreaming of how to make things better. Like it's, that's how you get great organizations, but you won't have that. If you're a micromanager, you'll, you will knock the stuffing right out of your staff where they don't even it doesn't cross their mind to dream of anything new or fresh and uh and and certainly anyone worth their salt is not going to hire on once you once you become known as a micromanager uh yeah no one that's any good as a leader is going to be thinking they'd like to work for you uh you know i i imagine that that some people listening uh either have these tendencies to to be a micromanager or know that they are a micromanager. Yeah. Um, maybe just as we're as we're wrapping up here, can you give us some some tips or just some some guidance on how how to mitigate those tendencies that we see in ourselves to say, you know, I could I could maybe train this person, or it's maybe faster if I just do it, or if you know that that tendency in us to want to just keep our hands on on everything and not let people do what they need to do. Yeah, and I know there's a sort of a delusion that makes us think that things are just best if I've got my hand on everything. Right. But but we don't recognize how much we're suppressing all that creativity and energy and morale among our staff. We don't see that. Uh, But we can can begin to notice it with uh, productivity, with with high turnover rates among the staff. And so, you know, some things I think you can do. One is... 
take a hard look at just what drives you to be so fearful. Because, I mean, you're basically, you're fearful that something's going to go wrong. Yeah. And so you're, you're trying desperately to not have anything go wrong. And I'd say, why are you so afraid of that? What does your organization's success, is that directly linked to your own self-worth that mm. things have to be good? Find out why it is you are such a controlling person. Yeah. Um, and, uh, and I'll tell you what, if you're a real controlling person, you probably are not a, the kind of person that, that, that takes delight in investing in other people and seeing them grow. Mm. You're not a people-oriented person. You are a results-oriented person who wants certain results all the time. Yeah. But leadership is about people. And as a leader, you need to take delight in watching people grow. You ought to be able to look at all of your direct reports and year by year see that they're all growing, that they're taking on more responsibility every year than they were last year. And uh, they're, they're getting more production, more results, that ought to just be a great reward for you. Not, not that, boy, we didn't have any mistakes made this year. Uh, <laughs> yeah. But, but instead to be saying, uh, wow, like we look at, look at just how much these people have grown since they work with me. And, and for those fears, you know, it, it would quantifying those fears also help mitigate some of those fears to, you know, cause I think if you just let them rattle around it, 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 they tend to be bigger than they are. But if you just say, okay, if the worst case, this person blows this job, what actually is going to happen Yeah. versus just like, oh, it's going to be bad. Yeah. So and you then, have, you know, like you, you, and you've been, you've done this before, but so someone hires you to manage one of their stores. Um, well, a person might be worried, but what if they just make a lot of terrible mistakes? What if they just, you know, commit the store to some purchases or things that are, are horrible and, and very costly? But I would say, but at this point, they haven't ever done that. So <laughs> first of all, I'm going to give them the benefit of the doubt. I'm, yeah. going to, I'm going to check their track record before I hire them to see that they don't have a track record of that. But if everything they've led before has been well-led and well-managed and profitable, I'm going to assume that they're going to do that here too. So I'm, now I'm going to tell, I'm going to give them the wide parameters and say, I don't, anything over this, I'd like you to check with me, but anything under that, that's, that's for you. Now, if you mess up with that, I, I may have to reduce what you're responsible for, but yeah. But if you keep on handling that level of responsibility, I'm going to come back and I'm going to give you more responsibility. And I'm going to just keep on trusting you with as much as you seem capable of handling. And so you got to, I, I think, you know, you may want to initially have certain safeguards, but keep an eye on that. And if they keep proving themselves trustworthy over and over again, then at a certain point, you've got to release more and more. Uh, right. And that's the problem with micromanagers is they just have a hard time ever releasing. They always mm -hmm. want to keep things on a really short lease. And because of that, they're so focused on managing these people's day-to-day -day activities that, that leaders don't have time to actually look to the future and increase their own ability to lead. I'd, I'd say a micromanager is someone who's never learned how to lead well themselves. Mm. So you need to take time to learn how to lead. You know, invest in your own leadership development mm. so that you're not a micromanager anymore. Well, good. I think this is a great place to end it. And uh, until next time. All right. Thanks for listening to the podcast. If this is something you enjoyed, it really makes a difference if you leave a review and a five-star rating on Apple Podcasts or wherever you listen. Don't forget to subscribe and share with your friends. We always love hearing from our listeners. So email us at podcast at blackme.org.